Who said that children can't change the world? This is Teenage Tech Stories, the podcast where today's teens talk about their incredible technological achievements, from developing groundbreaking algorithms to innovating in healthcare or even leading their own nonprofit organizations. These young entrepreneurs are proof that it's never too early to start making the world a better place. Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Teenage Tech Stories. My name is Beatriz Valero and today's guest is Sarah Haroun, an 18-year-old STEM speaker and aspiring astronaut. Sagda is a founder and student ambassador of the Mars Generation, as well as the Astronauts Club. Moreover, Sagda is a public speaker and is writing a book about her journey to becoming an astronaut. Hi Sarah, how are you? Hi, I'm doing great. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's amazing to be here. Okay, to begin, why don't you just take a second and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm an 18-year-old aspiring astronaut and aerospace engineer in my final year of school. Uh, so I'm currently doing my advanced levels here in Sri Lanka, and that's where I'm originally from. So other than the work that I do with the organizations that I'm involved in, I'm a tech diver, a, a poet, an author. Um, I love uh, photography and I love meeting new people and learning new languages. And I'm also currently working on my uh, pilot's license. So yeah, there's a lot to balance and never a dull moment. That's really cool. Uh, are the pilot classes scary? Uh, yeah, I actually started it a, a couple of months ago uh, because of the situation here in Sri Lanka. It's, it's taking a while to get my clearances. Uh, so I haven't been on a flight yet, but we've completed our ground school and, and all of that bit. And we're waiting for the clearance to come in so I can start flying. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. I'm a, bit, I'm a bit nervous because of the stories that I hear from my instructors about how first time um, students embarrass themselves and stuff. But uh, yeah, that's definitely something that I want, I'm looking forward to. Okay, that's really cool. And it matches really well with what you want to do, which is be an astronaut, which is a very cool goal, but also very difficult. All the 566 people have ever traveled to space and 65 of them, which is about 11%, were women. So that's a really difficult goal. Uh, why do you want to be an astronaut? And when did you first get interested in going to space? I can't actually remember exactly how this happened, but my earliest memory was back from the third grade. It was something that our science teacher, Miss Mary, uh, was talking to us about. She she spoke to us about astronauts and, and people who go to space. And, and I remember thinking to myself that, okay, this is something I want to do. And it was not just a childish dream, I'd say, because even from back then, I understood the risk that I was taking. I mean, for a child, this is too much, but I did because, um, because one of the astronauts, she spoke to us about was uh, Kalpana Chawla and, and the Columbia incident. So I remember my friends, um, now this this was a highlight, I remember my uh, friends, my classmates telling me how I'd end up like Kalpana Chawla when I become an astronaut. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, this is something that I want to do when I when I grow up. So I'm not going to let that stop me. So that's where I got the inspiration I needed to, you know, start on my journey. And ever since then, I wanted to be, become an astronaut. Okay, that's really inspiring. And obviously, apart from being an astronaut, you also want to be part of the first crew that goes to Mars, which might be not be too far off. Uh, some people like Elon Musk are already pledging to send humans to Mars by 2024. 
So that's really soon. Okay, so why Mars? Oh, I, I love this question, actually. It's because Mars is, is one of the three planets in our circumstellar uh, habitable zone, or my favorite uh, nickname, the Goldilocks zone. So uh, this is the zone which is at the right distance from the sun, which is neither too hot uh, nor too cold, uh, and liquid water exists in this region, potentially. So this is approximately the range of Venus and Mars in our solar system. Even though Venus comes in this category, it's, it's thick atmosphere atmosphere filled with carbon dioxide makes it the hottest planet in our solar system. So our best option is Mars, not just in finding extraterrestrial life, but to sustain human life someday. So this gives Mars the, the right temperature, uh, potential water, right amount of sunlight, similar day and night patterns um, like Earth and an adaptable gravity. So yes, we do need the technology to survive on Mars someday, but it's better than trying to do that on Venus. Yes, it definitely seems like the best option. Okay, so you're one of the founding members of the Mars Generation. Can you tell me a bit about what that is? Yeah, so the Mars Generation is a non-profit um, organization that was founded back in 2015 by a very dear friend of mine, actually, uh, Abigail Harrison. And it focused on inspiring the next generation and exciting them about STEM. So we have three main programs. The first and my most favorite one, the Student Space Ambassador uh, Leadership Program, the Future of Space Outreach Program, and the Mars Generation Scholarship. So a little bit about uh, these programs. Um, number one, the Student Space Ambassador uh, Leadership Program. I personally see it as an extension of the main goal, where anyone within the ages of uh, 13 to 24 take part in being leaders in their own communities and spreading the message of space uh, and STEM in general. For the Future of Space Outreach Program, it is the core outreach initiative, which is inclusive of all ages. So you can be a part of this uh, by following the Mars Generation on its uh, various social media pages and be a part of our online community and then share about uh, space and STEM. Uh, as for the scholarships, the Mars Generation is uh, currently offering fully funded scholarships for students in the United States uh, with financial needs uh, to attend space camp. So there is also uh, talk about launching aviation scholarships, so definitely keep a lookout for that. Okay, and what do you do as, as a student ambassador and part of the Mars Generation? Uh, so a student space ambassador does a lot within the range of sharing space content on social media to delivering keynotes at public events. So some of these activities uh, could be organizing STEM workshops, movie screenings, observatory nights um, in your communities, or maybe volunteering at a space event, uh, blogging about space and STEM, um, or maybe setting up a TMG chapter, taking part in organizing fundraisers, speaking to groups. And, and something that I did in the beginning um, was launching the astronaut club in my school as a base for all these activities. Sounds great. And do you enjoy talking to children, giving conferences, and talking to other people your age that are interested in space? Yes, a lot. Actually, it's something that, that inspires me. Um, looking at the younger generation and um, the things that they do to get to their dreams. It's a whole circle. Great. And have you seen the movie, The Mars Generation? I did attend the screening of the movie where we had the CEO of Space Camp, Dr. Deborah Barnhart, come to Sharjah at the, at the planetarium in Sharjah. And it was amazing talking to her and, and all the people who produced the movie. So yeah, it, it's a pretty good one. I, 
I love it. Okay, that's great. And also you mentioned that Martian Generations was founded by astronaut Abby, which is also very young, close in age to you. How does it feel to have those kind of role models that you can speak to and having that community of aspiring astronauts as well, people with the same dream? Oh, absolutely. Like I, I met uh, Abby on Twitter sometime before launching the Martian Generation, and she was already a leader in the space sector. And I think she was about 16 or 17 at the time. And me being 13, looked up to her in every possible way. I, I loved the work that uh, she was doing. I loved her enthusiasm, her courage for standing up for what she wanted. And that sort of gave me the push I needed to stand up for my own dreams. One example is I had a huge fear of, of the stage. But after joining the Mars Generation, I, I found the need to polish my public speaking skills. Uh, because the community I came from did not know much about space at the time. In the UAE, we didn't have an active space sector. So if I wanted my community supporting going to space, I needed my voice to be heard. So right before my very first speech as a student space ambassador, I went online and watched Abby's TED Talk like a thousand times every day, trying to mimic her speaking style, her use of stage, her body language. And now my speech didn't go exactly that well, but it was definitely a start so yeah I, I still look up to Abby and I really do hope I go to Mars with her someday yeah I really hope you you get to go there with her that'd be so much fun and it's amazing that you kind of had her as a role model to inspire you but now you're giving speeches inspiring other children kind of making this cycle of just inspiration motivation and encouraging people to pursue their dreams just like something that's really hard especially for girls who want to do STEM so what do, what do you think that is and what can we do to fix it well, this is something that I thought about quite often because um, I'm someone from a background where, forget about STEM, girls don't get to go in, in any field um, uh, they want to. But I think it's one for communities like ours, it's because of the family, how do I say, family intervention in, in uh, young girls' dreams. But it's also the lack of encouragement from the community itself. There's not, not many STEM programs, there's uh, not many role models to look up to. So this is one of the main factors. I had people to look up to online and, and in our community. In, when I was living in the UAE, there, there were a lot of women in the space sector at the time. And so these were people who looked like me, who, who had the same dreams like me, and I could look up to them. So I think having role models who look like you and come from a same background like you could inspire a lot of young girls out there. Find us at Tech for Good on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram and on Twitter at techforgood underscore. Yeah, well, it's great to hear that you've had such great role models and great experiences to encourage you and motivate you. Obviously, you've had the chance to attend the Global Space Congress in 2017, the Global Our Space Summit in 2018, and I'm sure a lot of other things that I'm forgetting. So what were those experiences like? Yeah, so um, these events are invitee only, where the leaders in the aviation and space industry come together to discuss different topics and present ideas. So um, I came across an event post online because um, that year in 2017, the Jeans in Space, the first international Jeans in Space contest finals were being held in the Global Space Congress um, venue. So um, I wanted to see the finals, so I had to get a pass to attend the Global Space Congress. So I decided to reach out to the organizers to see if they'd be willing to let me attend. Now, that was a huge move for a 13-year-old. I mean, I didn't expect anyone to reply, 
but but I did get one from uh, Miglena Jakova, who, who later became my fairy godmother. I was asked to send a profile and some videos of the work I do with my face gloves, and I did it immediately, and they were glad to let me participate. And I happened to be the youngest attendee that year, and in the following years as well, before they dedicated a whole day for school children to attend. Now, it was exciting, like super exciting, because so many astronauts were going to attend as well. And um, it was an amazing experience, and I have so many memories through the years getting to meet my uh, heroes and learning from them. And another important highlight uh, would be getting to meet Professor Anu Oja, a director of the National Space Center in the UK in one of his master classes for university students in 2017 itself. He was surprised to see me there and he tried making his presentation as child-friendly as possible so that I would understand. And we had some out-of-this-world um, discussions and he introduced me to many astronauts and leaders in the space industry through the years. And to this day, he remains one of my biggest mentors. So I owe a lot to my fairy godmother, Miglena, for giving me the best memories of my childhood. It must have been quite something to see someone so young in a university class. But it's great to hear that the community was so welcoming to you and to like people young that are interested in this. And on another note, I wanted to ask you, obviously, the space sector for a long time has been kind of led by just a few countries that have done most of the investment on this area. But now it seems like it's becoming a lot more internationalized, a lot more countries like I don't know, India and the UAE and Saudi doing huge projects such as NUA, this like city on Mars and things like that. So uh, what do you think about that? How does that make you feel? Oh, I think it's amazing because I see space as a common ground for everyone. If we are reaching out farther into the solar system and beyond, the only way possible is if we do it together. Not just in terms of financial cooperation, but imagine this, if we come across um, extraterrestrial life forms, we're going to be looked at as one species. We're going to be looked at as humans. So we aren't going to be defined by our political and our regional boundaries. So the rise of new countries in the global space sector not only fulfill this goal, but it also gives the children in these regions a new opportunity. It opens new doors, something to dream about, uh, a purpose in life. And it's definitely exciting to work for a common goal that we as humans want to get to. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And as part of this like common goal and alliance between countries to work on the space sector, do you think sustainability has to be an important concern and something that maybe if we all work together, we can make improvements of when it comes to space travel? Yeah, we've already come a long way into making rocket launches more environmental friendly. Like when we talk about uh, pollution because of rockets, we, we think of emissions. So in terms of the propellants we use compared to the solid rocket propellants that was used back in the day, we now have more efficient and more eco-friendly uh, liquid propellants. Even within this category itself, um, in the very first liquid-fueled rockets, it was liquid oxygen and gasoline. Now, most of them use liquid hydrogen and other propellants like RP-1. And something else that um, we've improved in the last few decades is the use of um, the reuse of rocket booster. Now, before we would just discard them, but with current technology, we can reduce the manufacturing of these rockets and, and simply reuse them. So I'd say we're on a pretty good path to a fully sustainable space program. We just have to keep doing what we do. Yeah. Great. It's good to hear that there's so much innovation in the sector, and you're participating to it uh, through the Scholar Astronaut Club. 
Uh, can you tell me a bit about that? Starting off, the Scholars Astronaut Club was founded sometime after the Mars Generation was formed. So it was an idea that I got from meeting uh, Mr. Amran Sharaf, the project manager for the Emirates Mars mission uh, during an event held in Dubai. So he told me something like, um, my little sister, you need to be specific on your dreams about how you're going to get there. Now, I didn't see it at the time because I was excited <laughs> about meeting him, but he meant that the space sector in the UAE and elsewhere was going to get super exciting and there are going to be so many people who, who want to follow the same dream as me. So I had to stand out among the other applicants. Now, that got me into thinking about how this is true for everybody else. Now, I was lucky to have the right connections. Though through facing many no's and can't do's, I, I still had them. But there were other kids in my community who didn't. So it didn't seem fair for me to just get where I wanted to be when others couldn't. So... After Abby founded the Mars Generation, I reflected on this conversation and decided, okay, um, I'm going to get my schoolmates the opportunities they needed to get to their dreams, whatever they might be. So the Astronaut Club isn't just for aspiring astronauts, but for everyone with a dream. So even though we do a lot of space outreach, um, like in every term, and um, excite the community about going to space and, and STEM, we are also focused on helping our members get to their goals. Oh, that's such an inspiring idea and project. And so to other young people who like maybe are part of the program or that are listening to this podcast, uh, what would you want them to know? Two things. Number one, don't let anyone tell you no. I mean, even if they did, people are obviously going to say no. So even if they did, don't let that drag you down. Stand your ground for what you want. A mantra in my that I keep telling myself in every decision I make is keep your feet firm on the ground, have your chin up, and reach higher and higher. Number two, enjoy every moment of it. Now, this is something I learned from Chris Hadfield. Um, astronauts, they are trained to prepare for every worst case scenario, but they enjoy doing that. So do the hard work, but live your life. That's really great advice. And when it comes to you, what's something or someone that really inspires you? Yeah, this is a tricky one because a lot of things inspire me. I, I try to take inspiration from um, every possible detail under the sun. But um, like I mentioned earlier, the big one would be kids younger to me. I've met so many kids throughout my journey. I've listened to their stories, their achievements, and the way they explain them, giving the most importance and making their goals the center of the universe. It inspires me to see how the next generation is all for expanding boundaries and, and believing that you don't have to be grown up to get to your dreams. Now, this is, again, something that I learned from Abby. We call the circle of inspiration. You, you dream big, you act big, you inspire others, then it all comes around. This way, by inspiring others, you get inspired in return to dream big. Yes, that's really true. And I think it really shows in your case because you do not only want to be an astronaut, you're also a writer. You've written a poetry collection and now you write an autobiography about kind of your journey to become an astronaut. Uh, how's that been like? Uh, the poetry collection was something that I worked on with a friend. It started out with the beginning of the astronaut club. Uh, it was originally an idea that I presented to our English teacher, who was also the coordinator of the, uh, the scholars astronaut club at that time. So I had a friend who was, I'd say, an introvert. She loved being all by herself, uh, but I noticed that she loved um, writing poems and they were amazing. So I thought to myself, okay, what if I could get her to write a poetry collection? I mean, it's, gonna, it's going to help her come out anyway. So um, I went up to her and I told her, 
um, hey, I'm, I'm writing a poetry collection. Do you want to collaborate and maybe write a few poems um, for the book? And she was all for it. She gave it some thought and she was all for it. She said, yeah, okay. It started out by me writing poems and her writing poems or us filing it. But later on, you know, I reduced my pace and I gave it all for her. So in in the book, if you if you go through it, you'll notice a lot of poems that um, Tasnia wrote. They're really amazing. So you can see why we stood out for um, giving her the opportunity to write because now she's totally involved in writing. Through this, I got my passion for writing as well. I started understanding how I love to write. So that's how I started writing my autobiography. Um, it was something that our teacher said to us about how autobiographies help reflect your weaknesses and your strengths. So it started out back then, and I'm still finding a way to include everything that I've learned through the ages. And, and I think I definitely want to publish it really soon. That's great news. I'm really looking forward to reading that. Uh, I think it's a great time because you've just graduated and you're kind of moving into the next kind of stage of your life. Uh, do you have any plans or projects for that? Or are you still figuring it out? Um, like I said, I'm, I'm working on my pilot, so I want to complete that before I go to college, uh, where I mm -hmm. hope to be studying aerospace engineering and then work in the field while advancing my educational qualifications, try to meet the requirements of becoming an astronaut and building a CV that stands out. And I want to travel. No, not like a tourist, but, but like our ancestors did. To see the different communities of the world, um, meet new people, learn new languages, get involved with their cultures, and most importantly, bond with nature. Because if I'm going to be representing humanity in space one day, I want to know every bit of whom and what I'm representing. For sure, it's great that you're keeping that in mind, the importance of representing everybody. And okay, so when it comes to just kind of the industry in general in the next 10, 20 years, what do you think it will look like? Do you think we've already gone to Mars by that point? I definitely hope so. Like we're currently building the technology we need, studying the effects, uh, effects of uh, long-term exposure in space on humans and, and working hard to get there. I mean, personally, I want to be a part of that to push the boundaries of human space travel. But even if I don't get to be on that crew, even if we don't go to uh, Mars in my lifetime, I want to contribute to this goal to help build the technology that's going to take us there and, and keep us there. Yes, that's a beautiful mission and I think a really good place to end the podcast as well so thank you so much for coming it's been great to have you and very inspiring you to hear you speak it was great being here thank you for having me thank you for listening to this episode of teenage tech stories like review subscribe or visit us at techforgood.net to read more about today's guest and other incredible people who are using technology to make the world a better place.